Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Rob was recently asked to record a sermon from the 23rd Psalm by a church group whose members had just finished his book and study guide, The Lord is My Shepherd. We've created this bonus episode with audio from that sermon recorded in Rob's home office during the COVID-19 crisis. For more study resources on the 23rd Psalm or other resources, visit robertjmorgan.com. And now here's your host, Rob Morgan. I'm so grateful to be able to talk to you for a few moments about the Shepherd's Psalm, Psalm 23. And let's just look at it together. Turn with me in your Bibles or in the pages of your memories to Psalm 23. So many of us have known this from childhood. And of course, we need to teach our own children these six simple verses. But it begins in verse 1 with the theme. Everything in this little psalm flows out of verse 1, the theme. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or lack. Now, when it says here, the Lord, Jehovah Yahweh, the great God of Israel, uh, is referred to as David's shepherd. I think that David wrote this. But when Jesus came a thousand years after David, he co-opted this psalm for himself. And he said, I am the good shepherd. So we are on good biblical grounds to say, Jesus is my shepherd, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Lord is my shepherd. And the word shepherd in its etymology has the idea there, among other things, of friendship. And I learned this when I first began pastoring 43, 44 years ago. I went to a little church in the country in East Tennessee in the mountains, my wife and I. And I thought, now what do I do here as a pastor? And I knew that the word pastor meant shepherd because the word pasture, like a meadow where sheep would graze, is very similar to the word pastor and the word for pastoring has to do with shepherding. So I did a thorough study of every shepherd and every sheep in the Bible. And it was during that study that I learned that the Hebrew word for shepherd includes, among other things, the idea of friendship, and that the Hebrew word for friend goes back to the same etymology or origins as the word for shepherd. So one of the main ideas here is the closeness, the love with which a shepherd and a sheep would begin to interweave their hearts and lives. And I know from some experience that that's true. For many years, we raised sheep. And uh, one after another, you know, my own girls that took care of them began to move away and the sheep began to die of old age. And finally, there was only one old sheep left. And I was getting ready to go on a mission trip to Asia, I think, and the sheep became very sick. And from old age, just enfeebled by the cold and the old age. And I got him in the shed, and or her, I got her in the shed and, and ran some power down so there'd be heat there and covered with a blanket and she laid there. And every day I'd go down and visit that sheep once or twice a day 
that old dying sheep. And I would sit down with her and get her big head, woolly head in my lap, and I'd stroke her. And truth be told, I sang to her, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. And I prayed for her. I mean, I'd say, Lord, help this old sheep. My heart was so broken uh, by that sick and suffering sheep. And I would come out of that shed honestly and sometimes have to compose myself before I came back to the house. And I thought, what is happening to me? But there is something about the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep that becomes very emotional. The sheep is absolutely dependent on the shepherd. And, uh, and it's the shepherd that provides for every need that sheep has. The Lord is my shepherd, so I shall never be in want. So that's the theme. Now, for the remainder of the psalm, I'm convinced the writer here is talking to us in migratory terms. David, of course, was a shepherd, and we know how he was the shepherd boy that took care of his father's flocks and uh, beat off the bear and beat off the lion or whatever it was that came to attack them. And, uh, and he was the shepherd boy of Israel, but he was not the first in his family to do that. He was in the family line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that family had been shepherders for 1,000 years. And sheep can't stay in the same place all year, especially down in the south where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived in Hebron and near Bethlehem where David lived. It gets too hot in the summer. And sheep need to migrate, but they can't migrate on their own. They don't have that instinct the way that birds do or certain migratory animals do. Furthermore, they have no way of defending themselves. It's the one animal that is just totally helpless. So the shepherd would take them on the migratory pattern every year. And so the key, in my opinion, to understanding Psalm 23 is in Genesis 37. So let's go back and let me show you this. This is the story of um, David's great ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then there was Joseph. And it says in, jo uh, in uh, Genesis 37, verse 12, Genesis 37, 12, Now Joseph's brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to them, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. Now, when you have a chance, look at your biblical maps. You see, Hebron and Bethlehem are down not too far from the Dead Sea. And uh, then locate where Shechem is. And it says in verse uh, 14, when Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here. The man said, I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. And that's where they attacked him. And you know the rest of the story about Joseph. But on your Bible map, trace that migratory route. And I think 
this same family had essentially been following that same migratory route for a thousand years from Abraham to David. And they owned pastures along the way and they knew the route. And this is just generation after generation after generation, the way they raised the sheep. It seems to me that Psalm 23 follows that migratory pattern. So look at verse two. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. This is in the winter and the early springtime when the grass in that area is very verdant and there's ponds and pools and lots of water. It represents wonderful times in our lives when everything seems peaceful. Doesn't the image of green pastures and still waters appeal to you? It gives you tranquility. Right behind my house, I can see through the window yonder, there is a green pasture. And it's very tranquilizing and calming just to be near there, to be sitting by a lake. Isn't there something calming about that? And I think there's also some significance because the pastures were where the sheep ate. And of course, you know what they would do. They would eat the grass and lay down. I've seen it many times. And they would start up chucking what they had eaten so they can chew it up again and masticate it again. And they would swallow it. And it's such a picture of Bible study. Ruth Bell Graham, uh, Billy Graham's wife, used to say that when we study the Bible, we are feeding on rich pasturage. And in the New King James Version, Psalm 37 says, feed on God's faithfulness. And all through the Bible, we're told to partake of the word like food. We shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. And so we take it in and we chew it up and we meditate on it and it becomes us just like food becomes us. You are what you eat. Uh, and the water is so often in the Bible, a, a symbol for the Holy Spirit. I don't want to over-spiritualize these. I think the main idea here is simply tranquil periods of life. But the images are very rich and biblical. But then there comes a time when we have to leave the green pastures and the still waters, and we have to go on with life even though maybe we have some rough periods ahead of us. And so David says in verse number three, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. So here the shepherd comes and the heat is getting worse and the grass is dying down and the water is drying up and we have to go north. And so we don't necessarily want to, but here we go forward in life. And he leads us through the transitions of life. And maybe you have some transitions coming up during this coronavirus. A lot of people have had unexpected transitions. Uh, my own granddaughter was working at a, um, a restaurant and she was laid off and she said, I don't know what to do, Papa. And I said, well, you were a wonderful caregiver for your grandmother, my wife, who was ill, why don't you try getting a job as a caregiver? And she did and is flourishing in that. I, I think she'll in some way be involved with uh, caregiving and, and such for the rest of her life, but it was a transition. So how do we know how to make it through transitions? The Lord leads us. 
He leads us in the right paths for His name's sake. Now, sometimes as He is leading us into the future, we go through truly hard times, through the valley of the shadow of death. And so now we're here in verse number four. Even though I'll walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. I don't think this is literally referring to the moment when we die. I think this is referring to dark valleys. And between Jericho and Bethlehem and Jerusalem, there's a very dark canyon. Very dramatic. I've been there many times. It's called the Wadi Kelt. And that's the scene of the ancient road from Jerusalem up to, or from Jericho up to Jerusalem. And Jesus would have traveled this road. And he talked about it in the parable of the Good Samaritan. So my theory is, and a lot of people believe this, that David drew inspiration here from that dark and frightening canyon that was the major thoroughfare from the south up to the north in those days. You had to go through this canyon. There were predators there and, and there were sheer walls and there were dangerous places. Sometimes we go through life's valleys, but we don't need to be afraid for thou art with me. And notice the change of the pronoun until now. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He restores my soul. He leads me. But now we're at a point where it's no longer he, it's you. Even though I'm walking, following with you in this frightening place, I don't need to be afraid. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You have a precipice there, and there is a cliff on one side and maybe a predator on the other. And so the shepherd has a club to beat away the predator. He's also got a rod with a crook in it. So if you get too close to the edge, he'll just snag you and pull you back. The rod protects us from our enemies and the staff protects us from our own missteps. But we don't stay in the valley forever. It's not a box canyon. We come out on the other side. Our troubles are never permanent. You know, our blessings are permanent, but our problems are temporary. So we come out of the canyon and we're on the tableland that God has prepared for us. Now, this is more dangerous in a way because down in Hebron, it's domesticated. And, but up here, you know, it's in the wild. But through all of the generations of working on those pastures, they have been prepared for the sheep. And it says, you anoint my head with oil. I'm pretty sure I know what that means. Uh, up in these wild places, a sheep can get scratched or cut or have uh, irritations from insects. And so the shepherd would take the olive oil and that was the medicine that they would treat the wounds with. We did that with our own sheep. I remember once we also had a, a horse at one point down in the meadow. I don't know why we ever did that, but we had three sheep and a horse. And one day I came down and noticed that the sheep's well, one of the sheep had an ear that was half missing. And I looked over at the horse and he tried to look innocent, but I'm pretty sure that that horse had bitten off the end of the sheep's ear. Well, I thought, what do I do? And I thought of the 23rd Psalm here. And I went up and got a bottle of olive oil and I just kept bathing that ear day after day and it healed up the wound wonderfully. And I read later and talked to uh, people that show sheep at state fairs and everything. 
and they say that bottle of olive oil is an amazing medicine. So the Lord tends to us when we get cut or bruised or hurt in life. And it says, my cup overflows. Down in Hebron, you had the still waters. But up in these mountains near Shechem and Dothan, they had to dig wells. And so the shepherd would pull up the pail and he'd pour it out into the trough. And there would always be so much there. It just overflowed. It has to do with the abundance of God's blessings. In the older version of the New International Version, there was a verse in, in John chapter 1 that says, Out of the fullness of His grace, He has given us one blessing after another. And then in verse 6, we start back home again. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I think now the shepherd is making his migratory pattern back home again at the end of the traveling season. And like two sheepdogs in the rear, goodness and mercy are following up to make sure that we're all right. But in David's case, he was going back home to Hebron to his father's house. In our case, we're cycling up to heaven at the end of our migration. And so this says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And if you want to know what that's like, you can read Revelation 21 and 22, a marvelous visual description of the new city of Jerusalem and the new heavens and the new earth and our Father's house. So this is the 23rd Psalm taking us through the migration of life from the pleasant times through the valleys to the exhilarating times of progress and circling back as we age until we finally end up in our Father's house. This covers all of life. You know, there's many different versions of the 23rd Psalm. I learned it in the New King James Version. There's some great hymns, great classic hymns about the 23rd Psalm. One says, The King of love my shepherd is, his goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. And another one, a famous old uh, version says, The Lord's my shepherd I'll not want. He makes me down to lie in pastures green. He leadeth me the quiet waters by. But I want to end just by quoting the 23rd Psalm to you from the Living Bible, that old original Living Bible of Ken Taylor's. He said, Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in meadows green, and he leads me beside the quiet stream. He keeps on giving life to me, and he helps me to do what honors him the most. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for he is there beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. He spreads a feast before me. In the presence of my enemies, he welcomes me as his special guest. With blessings overflowing, his goodness and unfailing mercy will be with me all of my life, and afterwards I will dwell with him forever in his home. Well, thank you for taking time to let me talk to you about this wonderful 23rd Psalm. And may the Lord, may the Good Shepherd bless you very much.